It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Jim White and Simon Jordan. White Hot Sports Radio. Double trouble, daily drama and searing debate. Towering opinion from two giants of sports broadcasting. Jim White and Simon Jordan. Mid-mornings on Talk Sport. This is Jim White and you're listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan, where every day you can catch the best bits of our show. On today's episode, myself, Simon and Stuart Pearce react to England's opening World Cup win over Iran and we talk about the huge potential of Jude Bellingham. Plus, we were also joined by European football expert Julian Laurent to react to Saudi Arabia's sensational win over Argentina. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Stuart Pierce is alongside Simon and myself. Stuart, I have to say, well done, as punctual as ever for the show this morning. Uh, I don't think our driver, Talal, will ever be the same again after Simon Jordan. You were barking right in his ear, were you not? All the way from, no. from our hotel, all the way here. No, we asked for a driver and they gave us Phileas Fogg. And he wanted to take us around the world in 80 <laughs> days. So I had a clucking producer and, and, and presenter being extremely <laughs> agitated about where we were going. I was quite happy with my little scenic route. Um, but then we he needed his mind concentrated a little bit. Stuart, he's been in illustrious company this morning as well. Simon, t- t- tell him how your morning was. Um, I don't want to name drop, but Clank, I'm going to start. Go. Had a little game of paddle this morning um, with um, with Nassau Kalafi, and um, uh, and I felt the need to uh, help visit Victoria Azarenka with her game. So she was my partner, and. Um, we ended up bashing up a particular Dutch player, Patrick Kluivert, who felt, felt he was a good player and obviously got taught the error of his ways. So that was my little morning, helping right. people. I like to help people. I see your Nasser Al-Khalafi and your Azarenka, and I raise you Kaka and Hulit. That's who I had breakfast with this morning in the mm. hotel. Kaka, the Brazilian, of course, in town, takes Brazil to win the, the tournament and says Neymar will be player of the tournament and Ruud Hulit sends his very best. Uh, so, Stuart, out here, uh, all the headlines this morning, England 6, Iran 2. Uh, was this a handbrake-off performance that England fans have been calling for, do you think? Um, I, I don't understand what handbrake-on and handbrake-off means. I understand what they're alluding to, but I, I, I don't associate it with football, if I'm being honest with you. He picked a team that, that I thought was the right and proper team. Um, he played one holding midfield player. I don't think he was ever not going to pair... Rice and Bellingham together. And the team played extremely well going forward. It was interesting for me that at the end of the game, Gareth wasn't washed away with six goals. There was the question marks, as in all managers' 
mentality further down the line of we were a little bit loose and we we've shipped two two goals. Yes, all well, being one of them was an horrific penalty decision in my mind. I'm glad you said that, Sam, and I'll come to you in a second. But Stuart's right. I mean, this was Southgate post match. Really pleased with our attacking play. We know that Iran usually are very difficult to score goals against, so it's a credit to our players, the way they, their movement, the quality of their passing, the quality of our finishing. I didn't like the end of the game. Um, to concede two goals the way we did isn't the level that we need. So, yeah, we're going to have to be better than we were today in certain aspects of our game against the USA because they're going to be coming for us full throttle and we're going to have to reset. I don't like games that drift as this one did and it was difficult because there was so much added time in both halves. So I understand the, f- the focus drifting a little, but that won't be enough for us to, to progress in the tournament. So we've still got a lot to do to qualify. He's saying, Simon, it drifted a bit, but is it a statement win nonetheless for England? Um, yes and no. I mean, ultimately, I, I like the fact, and I was going to ask Stuart, did he think this was a change in approach from Gav Southgate to be discontented with an outcome such as this? Because the result itself, 6-2, will be something compelling that people will look at and say, well, that's a great start. And I think him pulling pulling the bones out of things that aren't good enough might be something different that he'd done in previous tournaments. And I'll ask you that in a second, Stu. But also, you know, I do think that the, the, the Iran were poorer and we gave them credit for. We did the job that was in front of us. We've got far better players. We came off air yesterday and people will say it's English arrogance, but everybody turned around and thought this game was going to be a 3 or 4 nil game. Mm. So it wasn't surprising to me. And Gareth uh, talks about that the, the Iranians are difficult to break down. Well, I, I didn't see a lot of that yesterday. I thought defensively they were all over the place. But we did our job and we came away with a result. I, I, I imagine back in England, people are now building up the narrative that up, we're up and onward. I saw nothing in the world's American games that caused me to be concerned for England. You concur with Simon on that, Stuart? Definitely the group situation. Um, and and I, I wouldn't put it in a in a sort of mentality of arrogance. I, I know England have got the ability. Mm. And the important thing for me, they went into this game with, uh, on the back of maybe seven games without a victory. Now, for England, that that's not good. And a manager that was under the pump a little bit. And for the players to actually, from the m- first moment onwards, and it was probably led by Bellingham, mm-hmm. had the real arrogance to want to get on the ball, want to play, and, and really set a tempo to the game. Now... I'm not so sure that people going into this game were expecting a three or four nilers. A lot of the people I talked to were saying Iran don't concede a lot. They play very defensively. They only lose by the odd goal. So to actually we, break them down like we did was credit to us. Because we sat here with Martin Keown and Graham yeah. Souness yesterday and the overriding aspect was three. I said three nil. Yeah. They all yeah, said yeah. three or four nil. Yeah. So we all walked away with that kind of sentiment. Yeah. Right. Well, as I say, some of the individuals I spoke with in and around the game and whatever thought it, more difficult. Sure. thought it would mm. be a lot more difficult. And they've not been beaten six in 50, 60, 70 years, Iran. Mm. You know, so it takes some doing to score yeah, six goals in a, in a game. 100% engagement. Jim White and Simon Jordan on Talk Sport. You're listening to Jim White, Simon Jordan. This is World Cup warm-up. We're live in Talk Sport. And I caught up with the legend that is Gabriel Batistuta. He's in town. And he spoke to me and asked him to sum up the mood back in Argentina. We have a lot of expectative because um, our team won the last American Cup. 
Yeah, Copa America. Uh, yeah. Yes, and they feel a little bit relaxed after that. We all are waiting for Messi. We want him uh, winning the World Cup. He needs it, he deserves it, so everybody supported him. Do you think, Batty, do you think this is his time? This is Messi's time to lift the World Cup? Yeah, I think so. We saw it uh, before, so we are convinced. Yes. Now that uh, is uh, his hour, he, he can get it finally. We if, hope it. We if, hope it. If Argentina win in Qatar, will it be like when Maradona and Argentina won it in Mexico in 86? Will, uh, the, will the country go crazy? Argentina is going to be crazy every, every, in every way, in every way. So it's the same for us if we win in Argentina, in Italy, or we just want to win. We, we play for that. You wanted to win every game you played and you yes. wanted to score, yes. didn't you? Yes, yes. It's our mentality, no? Yeah. We, in Argentina, we, we grew up uh, playing like that. You know? The only thing we, we want is win the match. And, a, a, and we play for that. And a final question, what about England? They start 6-2, they beat Iran. Maybe one of the dark horses, uh, as you maybe say, what, what do you think? No, I always uh, respect England. You have a big history in the World Cup. I saw you today. They scored a lot, but I saw a little mistake defending. That is uh, no good thing, especially when you play a, a World Cup. But England is is always a, a team who who you has to respect. Gabriel Batistuta, Batty goal, as they used to call him. Uh, sure, I have to say when he, when he's saying there defensively and he kind of rolled his eyes, he said that you know England would need to improve in that area. But he was some player, you no doubt would uh, cross swords with him in, in your time. But is he right? Is he right about that? Defensively, come on, England tighten up. Well, I think if you get the likes of Batistuta mentioning it and the England manager as well, and, and we've banded it around that there are those question marks in regard to, I mean, we knew it bef before we come into the tournament, didn't we, that we're going to have to defend particularly well, especially against the blue chip sides to actually progress in a tournament. And... Uh, we're going to have to get that right. However we do it, team selection, and don't get caught up with this handbrake on, handbrake off. When you play the better teams, you might need two defensive shields in front of a back line. Stuart, where would you go with this, uh, this theme of VAR inconsistency? Yesterday, in the, in the England game, it, it, it seems like referees here, inconsistent in as much as from corners, some will recognise a bit of grappling, maybe others won't. It just depends. Probably referees from different nations around the world will perceive it in a different way. The one thing we do know is uh, the referees have been in to speak with all the nations at the World Cup, said what they will and won't tolerate. And uh, I think Gareth name-tagged it and, and give an example of England doing a blocking uh, motion in the last World Cup and said, we won't tolerate this. And then you go into your first game as England and you think, OK, look, we're aware of what we can and can't do. And you see Maguire, your centre-half, being cuddled and grappled to the floor. And you think, well, where's the penalty here? Yes. But that's the nature of it, I suppose. I think there's it's long overdue and it could have been trolled at a World Cup. Long overdue, a player on the VAR panel, an ex-player, and potentially... Let's hear some audio and their process of getting to a decision would be nice for the stadium. Yeah. 
Where, where are you uh, laying your uh, criticism at, Stu? Are you laying your criticism at the fact that the on-field stuff isn't good enough from the referees, or are you laying it at the door of the VA guy, our guys not intervening and and giving the referee something to think about? Where are you laying the criticism at? Absolutely no criticism on-field. Right. Because VAR was introduced just in case a referee didn't see something or whatever. You know what it's like? It's, it's near enough impossible to get your eyes on everything, follow the flight of the ball as a referee. So you, you think... It's the VAR that the, needs the to The situation improve. with Harry, Va- uh, Harry Maguire yesterday was so clear and obvious that it needed a VAR intervention. The VAR did intervene because they check everything. Right. It's how they come to... The conclusion. I, I've been involved in football, and I, if, as a defender, if I grabbed someone round the waist and had my arms locked totally around his waist for a second or so and then pulled him to the floor, I would expect a penalty to be given against me. Mm. This narrative gets advanced quite a lot. And, and again, other people, um, other people that have played have said to myself and Jim about the idea of having players on the VAR panel. But again, it gets into the, I think you get into the territory then of getting players that may not have played at international level. You get players that have played at different levels. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this argument being that rages, okay, well, hang on a second, he didn't see that because he's never played at that level. Yeah. He's never been able to adjudicate in that place. I, I don't think it overly matters what level they play. I'm not talking about putting top internationals in a VAR uh, booth, if you like. It yeah. doesn't matter to me. It's someone with, with a playing CV that might understand it. You go and play paddleboard every morning, and mm-hmm. it's like me watching watching you play, um, me interpret uh, interpreting yeah, no, the I, rules I, that you play on without actually being on that court. I get it, Stu. But the reason why that. I question it is because we know that whatever happens with refereeing decisions, whether where there's an advancement or not, there's always an element of criticism. Nothing comes without criticism. And I'm not, I've not got a problem with scrutiny. I have a problem with lack of constructive criticism. And there will always be margins of error. And VAR was, was, was brought in to reduce that margin. Yeah. And I know and I believe that the next question, the next criticism will be you insert a player into the VAR panel and then we'll be a narrative underneath that that says, yeah, but he's not played at this level. Exactly. And that's my point exactly. I'm making. Exactly, yeah. It'll never start, will it? It'll never start. Well, listen, I can accept a referee's decision on field without VAR yeah. because in my own mind, I, I pacify myself by saying, well, maybe he didn't see it, he didn't have a clear view. I can accept you that. You can't accept VAR, Mr. I can't. Yeah. I can't accept it because I know they've seen it at a million angles yeah. and no one can explain to me that decision yesterday. Sure, it would, what, VAR apart, it would be remiss yesterday not to reflect on the performance of Jude Bellingham. At 19, is he a leader before his years? Um, he was a leader from the first second of the game because leadership evolves in many different guises. It's not beating your chest these days. Leadership, and, and probably I go back to my Brian Clough days, leadership is about wanting the football when the pressure's on. And the pressure was on the England team yesterday. You're on a, a no-win against Iran, if you like, on the back of uh, seven games without yeah. a victory, Not the manager under yeah. the pump, yeah. all of those type of things. And from the first moment, he wanted the football. And you look out there and it, you can't help but look at him and think, this is a special kid. And then throw in the mix, he's 19 years old. Then throw in the mix over the last 15 months, he's played at two major tournaments, European Championship and a World Cup now. Yeah. You know, and this, he's got the world at his feet. Keep it, level, right. but 
he's got every chance. It would seem that way. And Simon, it started now big time. It's gone into overdrive, all the talk about him. Rio Ferdinand saying, this kid, in the way he carries and presents himself, could be captain now. Manchester City are going to be in for him. Real Madrid are going to be in for him. Barca will be in for him. Bayern will probably go for him as well. Mm. This is what happens at a tournament like this. Well, look, They're in the shop window. It's not just based upon the tournament. That will be the cherry on the cake in certain people's minds. But if you look at the fact that where he's gone from Birmingham into German football, he's been stellar over there. He's got a chance. He's got a real opportunity. There's many a slip tricks, cup and lip. And I don't think the background that he comes from with his father's intervention in his life and the background of his father being a police officer and setting him up, turning down Man United because he didn't think it was the right move, being prepared to go and play in Germany. The character of the boy, he's a bright young man. Mm. He seems to be well balanced. He's got an innate sense, innate amount of ability, but he's on a journey. And I, I really don't want to get him to the destination point whilst he's still on that journey. Yeah. He's still on the journey and there will be lots of twists and turns but he will be a player if he wants to be a player. Yeah, I think as well, Jim, I'll throw in a mix here. When young English players leave uh, British shores, everyone's sort of up in arms a little bit, you know, oh, hang on, we're losing our best players. It's a good thing. I totally agree. I, honestly, You're I quite re- comfortable for them to go their away. Horizons, I, makes them more cosmopolitan, expands their thinking. Exactly yeah. that. For me, I, I think it's probably the, been the making of him going to Germany and advanced his career he might be of a mentality and maybe maybe not but his mentality as a 19 year old might be of a 21 22 year old now yeah. if he hadn't because he's more experienced yeah. some years ago though and Simon I told you this before in fact we ran the interview in Talk Sport a Madam Stewart off the back of Millwall Birmingham down at the Den and he ran it for Birmingham he was involved in everything on that night and of course he was much younger than 19 but even talking to him then I must admit I didn't think I'm looking at the captain of Borussia Dortmund at 19 and he is Mm. I mean incredible what he's achieved in such a short space of time he could end up being the headline story here out in Qatar a big thing as well Simon touched on it stability parental stability behind and people around him that are guiding him in the right and proper manner because we see too many that are, are guided in the in the wrong direction at an early age for the money potentially mm-hmm. with the wrong know. influences around them yeah yep. Jim White and Simon Jordan laser guided comment unfiltered opinion and high voltage debate a new radio landscape of comments conflict and confrontation with two legends of sports media Jim White and Simon Jordan mid mornings on talk sport Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And there is the final whistle. Argentina have beaten the greatest day in Saudi Arabian football in history. They border on Qatar and they've come across in that drove to the Lucille Stadium in Lucille City. And they have stunned one of the favourites for the World Cup in one of the biggest World Cup shocks of all time. We said it was going to get messy in Qatar. We didn't mean in this way, though. Saudi Arabia, 48 places below Argentina in the pecking order of world football have turned up and turned them and Lionel Messi over. The likes of Di Maria, Otamendi, all those players you've heard from before scoring goal after goal in the Champions League. And they've been turned over by Saudi Arabia in the LaSalle Stadium. What a performance, what a result. We all remember 1990 and Cameroon, who beat Argentina that day by a goal to nil. Well, for the first time since then, they've lost their opening fixture in the World Cup in Group C. In theory, this was supposed to be the easiest game in the group, but it's finished in Lusail Stadium in Lusail City. Argentina won, Saudi Arabia two. What do you make of that? Adam, David, thank you very much indeed. I wonder how that result has gone down right now in Buenos Aires, in Mar del Plata, in Rosario, in Mendoza, in Cordoba, Argentina. The story belongs to Saudi Arabia. They have done it, undoubtedly. One of the biggest ever World Cup shocks. Saudi Arabia, neighbours here to us here in Qatar, have just beaten Argentina with Lionel Messi leading the line by two goals to one. Julian Laurent and Simon Jordan are with me here in the TalkSport studio. Julian, what do you make of that? Incredible, really incredible. This is what the World Cup is about. We were saying with Simon earlier, this is one of the biggest, greatest upsets of all time with the North Korea win against Italy back in 66 with... Cameroon against Argentina in 1990, Senegal against France 2002. All those incredible games where you would have never put a penny on the the Minos and yet they created the upset. Simon, it's not often I see you stop for words, but you were a moment ago. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is the romance of a World Cup and also for this region. You know, this region's coming for a lot of criticism and some of it will will people say it's justified. But on the football uh, landscape, this will be a shot in the arm for those playing in this tournament from this region and and a lifting and elevating of the football in this area. Yeah. But the matter of fact, but as a matter of fact, they deserved to win this game. They were brave in the way that they played. The goals that they scored were fantastic. They came back from being in very difficult times in the first half. Three goals disallowed the Argentinians had. Yep. But notwithstanding it, you found yourself sat here. I don't know about you, Julian. <laughs> losing impartiality and, and wanting the Saudis to win. <laughs> Absolutely. And when they did, they've just done it. They've beaten Messi's Argentina by two goals to one. Simon, thank you again. Scaloni Julian, under some pressure. Th- not half. <laughs> Simon and Julian, thank you very much. 100% 
Engagement. Jim White and Simon Jordan on Talk Sport. That was today's Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thank you for listening and downloading. We'll be back tomorrow with all the latest from Qatar as we bring you the biggest talking points. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And interviews.